Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, serial entrepreneur, uh, let's see, co-founder of innovation studio Style of Tech, uh, all-around good guy, uh, global uh, global advisor, investor, Charlie, thank you so much. Charlie Regis, thank you so much for joining us. No, no, it's all my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, Charlie, high level, explain what you do in the world. That's a good question. Professionally. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The best way to frame what I do uh, is to consider me a sport agent for the tech world where there's two core pillars. Um, On the first side, as you mentioned, I run one of the leading digital innovation studios in the UK called Style of Tech, where we collaborate with Fortune 500 companies to bring concepts to life, as well as founders um, really shaping their ideas, designing them, building them, helping them bring Um, products to market that change the game uh, on a number of different levels. Um, We produce in-house ventures as well. Our latest baby uh, is a a fitness app called Ammo, which is a a groundbreaking innovation, which is the highest rated fitness app on the app store right now, something that we're really excited about. Um, We're very big on innovation, as as the title suggests. Um, So we work with accelerators all over the world, helping founders really shape and grow the venture design of what they do. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of phase one is products and innovation. Uh, And on the second side of things, I'm very much in the fundraising game where I'm the founder of a a global investment network called the Peach Collective, uh, where we specialize in off-market deal flow uh, and helping really exciting founders get access to meaningful capital around the world. And so who, you know, getting back to like, you know, if we think about the analogy of you being a, um, you know, kind of a, 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 I don't want to say talent scout, right, but agent, um, like who makes a great athlete for you to work with? Like, what are the telltale Hmm. signs? What do they have going on? What's the spirit that you're looking for? Or is there certain sectors that that you pay attention to? You you, you much prefer volleyball athletes as opposed to, um, you know, racquetball. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I have three core sectors that I'm focused on right now. Um, So the first one is sort of impact and climate-based ventures. They're a really big um, sector for me. I have all sorts going on in that space. The second one is sort of biotech, health tech, life science-y type of stuff. Um, Think about a coronavirus vaccine and a pill that can be sent in the post all the way through to um, gluten intolerance pills and stuff like that. Some, some really high end innovations in that space. And then the last one is IP heavy tech. So if you think about future of the internet type of stuff or, Mm. um, AWS for space, you know, those are the types of, of sectors that, that I'm involved with. Um, what do I look for in a founder? Um, very good question. And I think, um, you know, there's, a little bit of room for flexibility on that because you know the perfect founder isn't necessarily um, it doesn't necessarily fit every every type of characteristic that you'd want. But for me, I look for an obsessive, somebody that is completely driven by their mission, by what they're doing. Um, I look for someone that has the ability to motivate a team around them and have them all in 
and and really drive in the same direction. I think that's huge when it comes to bringing an amazing idea to life. Um, and then I look for somebody who tries to put themselves in a position to learn as often as possible. I think as a founder, yeah. um, it's very easy to exist in your own bubble. Um, and I, I think the sooner you're able to put yourself into rooms where you are the least informed, the least intelligent person in the room, the more you can absorb, you get that rub a bit like an athlete when you play yeah. against LeBron or something like that, you get the rub uh, and just look to absorb as much excellence as possible to evolve um, your own skill set, your own outlook um, and, and really grow as an entrepreneur because you've got to do that at pace if you're going to make it in this game. Yeah. Um, so speaking of athletics, uh, so you, you played tennis pretty competitively. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I miss it. I do miss it. Um, played like low level pro tour. Um, and then, you know, I think with tennis, you know, most of the time you lose every week, unless you're Federer, right. You're going to get to a level where you're losing in the second round, the final, wow. whatever that looks like. And, um, I just started getting my ass kicked away too often, uh, and decided that it was time for a career change. Um, but I think, you know, there's so much that you can take from an individual sport like tennis and bring it into yeah. entrepreneurship. You know, I think the one that, that hits me most is around reflection. Um, you know, when you're touring by yourself, a lot of the time, you know, you have to be able to reflect on your match and really think about, you know, what could I do better? How did, how, how what went well? And then try and walk onto court still feeling like a champion the next day, you know, so that you can perform at, at the highest level possible. And I think with entrepreneurship, having that reflective mindset of, you know, how did that meeting go? Did I give the person in front of me what they were looking for from an energetic perspective, from the way I'm delivering my pitch, my vision, whatever that looks like, but still being able to walk back into the next meeting and deliver with 100% confidence, you know? So being self-critical, being able to then reflect, adjust, and deliver with that confidence and authority that a founder needs, I think is a, is a really big deal and something that's translated well. Yeah. What brought you, where, where was your path um, that, that led you to now kind of uh, co-found a, a studio, be kind of on the investor side of things? Like how, how mm -hmm. did you get there? Um, I was chasing adventure, if I'm completely honest, had no idea what I was signing up for at all. Um, my, uh, one of my good friends, actually my doubles partner at university, funny you mentioned tennis, um, had this, uh, this young startup that was doing pretty well. They had the opportunity to go to Silicon Valley and, uh, go onto this accelerator. And at the time I was, uh, uh, in the, in the sports game, sort of building commercial strategy for athletes. And, uh, I decided that it wasn't for me and sort of jumped into it feet first with the opportunity to, you know, go to San Francisco and, and absorb as much as possible. And, if you fast forward to now, um, that venture didn't end up playing out the way we'd hoped. You know, it had a, a six month period of doing really well and then sort of took a dip. Um, and the creation of the studio was our rebellion mm. of refusing to go back to normal life. You know, it got to the point where the venture um, had fizzled out of cash and we either needed to find a way to make money um, and really use our skill sets in, in digital innovation. Um, or we had to go find a job. So that was the the birth of the studio. You know, we didn't want to be dependent on raising money. We didn't want to be dependent on not being able to build what we want when we want. So we created the studio. Um, it's grown over the last six years now to the point where we're 28, 30 people strong. And we use the profits of the studio to fund 
our own in-house ventures, which is where Ammo for the last two years has been our in-house baby. Um, it's the, the first fitness app that's ever been driven by a gaming engine. So mm. it delivers this unbelievable Peloton-esque immersive experience, but a crazy level of personalization, you know, down to the, the biometric data. So, you know, as your heart rate changes, you know, we try and keep you in that fat burning zone and the workout can manipulate rest time. It can manipulate the exercise. It can manipulate the intensity that you're working at to really keep you in that sweet spot um, for the duration of that workout, providing you with the perfect workout every time. Um, so that's something that we've been, we've been cooking for a meaningful amount of time. Yeah. So, um, I was just uh, so now ammo is an app. It's found. Uh, how do I how do I find it in the app store? If you type in ammo app on the app store, it'll pop up. Um, the website is www.ammoapp.co.uk. Yeah, there you go. Um, and what we've done, what we've we've achieved with it is we've digitized a, uh, a personal trainer, essentially. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we use AI predominantly to use the content set that we create out of the gates where we collaborate with a high-end influencer to create this huge content set. Our AI can then create thousands of workouts using that content set, which are completely fluid um, yeah. with your needs and wants. So in terms of a, a different level of personalization to anything that's in the game, we've hit the mark on that point. Um, and the users right now are, are really digging it. You know, our, our user retention is about 10x the industry average when it comes to uh, the 30-day mark. So after the first month, our, our retention is about 10x. So early stages, well, people incredible. seem to like it. And, uh, right. you know, it's 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 an opportunity for us to to really go for it. Yeah, well, that that's very cool. Again, yeah, I'm looking at, uh, this makes sense. Uh, you know, again, it just, you know, the, the app should be able to kind of figure out where you are, how much effort you're putting into it. Music-wise, you don't have to worry about licenses. You just connect with Spotify, let yeah. them worry about that sort of stuff. So that makes sense too. Exactly. You know, we're trying to replicate what it means to have a world-class coached experience. You know, it mm -hmm. has a motivational element to it. It has that real-time, minute-by-minute personalization. Um, and then, you know, it has that ability to, to adapt for injuries and, and stuff like that as well. So we're trying to bring what it means to be trained by a world-class trainer at a price point that anybody in the world can access. It's about 10 bucks a month. Um, you know, we believe that that physical and mental health is a basic human right. And mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to deliver that to the masses. Yeah, excellent. Um, so where does uh, Peach Collective come in? Mm. So Peach Collective really was born um, a couple of years ago out of the access to deal flow that we were getting initially through the accelerators that we work with. So we work with over 25 different accelerators from tech stars through to um, the biggest concept stage accelerator in the game in Silicon Valley that's backed by NASA. Um, and, you know, the game of entrepreneurship is uh, a very fluid run at one and fundraising is a, a big piece of the puzzle, you know? So we saw an opportunity to capitalize on the amazing founders and projects that we were in touch with and contact with and start to shape this value proposition where we'd plug them into investment networks. Now, the Peach Collective really was born out of trying to create bridges between global ecosystems. You know, our investment network in the UK had grown pretty significantly, but what we found much more difficult was growing this, this global network, you know, access to Dubai, to India, to Toronto, to Silicon Valley. Um, so to get around that, we 
put this this group together of serial entrepreneurs who have been there and done it traditionally with a couple of exits under their belt who collaborate over the best deal flow that they have in each of their ecosystems so that each of our investment networks in our countries get access to some of the most exciting opportunities in the game. And our portfolio of companies that we're helping raise money get access to this global network. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we predominantly focus on Series A+, plus, so rounds mm-hmm. of 2 million above. Uh, and we have deal flow literally going into the hundreds of millions right now. So for us, it does a number of things. Um, it gives us a meaningful amount of weight as an innovation studio, because what we're able to do is not just build you the most incredible products on the market, um, not just introduce you to a cohort of investors that are targeted and relevant, but it gives us sort of a rare expertise in designing your venture. Um, so this is something that we're we're coining called venture design, where you know it's not enough just to produce a great app these days. You need to be able to design the roadmap of your trajectory of growth and tie that in with the product roadmap and everything else Mm. to create a really meaningful 360 strategy to give you the best chance at success, you know, and success looks different for every founder. Some founders want a $30 million exit. Some founders want a unicorn. So, you know, you, you design things appropriately and you try and, and create a really granular game plan to, to get them through to that end game in, you know, three, five, seven years. Um, yeah. So that's 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 really what we're able to deliver is a, is a very unique mindset and approach to the game. I see that uh, Charlie spent a lot of time, um, you know, as a an advisor um, mm. doing. Looks like you're doing a lot of pro bono stuff. Um, and and what would you recommend in today's startup environment? Like, you know, if if you were kind of having, you were kind of looking in your crystal ball and you say, listen, if you want to get into the game, here are some maybe key recommendations in terms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, things that you might have a greater sensitivity to today rather than like maybe three to five years ago, you know, how that, how that world has changed. Yeah. Um, I think falling in love with an idea is the number one reason why startups fail. I think, you know, Mm. coming up with an idea and saying, you know, this is going to be an amazing product is completely the wrong way to go about starting a business. You know, the thing that you need to fall in love with is a problem. You know, this problem is causing a meaningful amount of friction to a huge amount of people. I need to figure out how to solve it, you know? And once you start having that mindset of trying to solve that problem in the most beautiful and efficient and frictionless way possible, you have a much better chance of of getting something that achieves traction in the market. Um, The other thing that I would say is you need to test your ideas as soon as possible. You know, don't build something, don't spend 250K building an app or even 120K building an app if you haven't tested your your hypotheses, you know, go and speak to people, find groups online um, where you're able to ask about their problems. Um, In terms of the spaces that I think founders should be looking at or the problems that people should should be looking at, um, climate and impact is a big one, but you know, that's a big R&D push a lot of the time. Um, I would be looking right now at um, things like digital fashion, I think is very interesting, you know, for these these virtual worlds that are seemingly around the corner and our virtual selves, you know, digital fashion, I think is going to play a very interesting role mm. um, in how we start to frame our virtual selves. And I think it's going to be huge. Um, 
And, you know, you've got to pick something that's personal to you. You know, this has to be something you're obsessed with. I think that's the key. You know, you've got to have something that has you motivated every day. Uh, so, Charlie, someone who's been listening to our conversation and they're like, why well, I, I like Charlie, seems like a really nice guy. How can you help them? Or like, you know, who are you looking to connect with? Um, and and what would that path be for them? Um, sure. Are you just looking for uh, startup founders that are already kind of kicking butt? They're looking for their Series A plus or, you know, can other folks who are not maybe quite at that level, you know, can they engage with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've built a system or an ecosystem where we can help people at almost every stage. So if you have an idea that you're looking to shape, um, we have something at the innovation studio called a funding package, which essentially gets you in a position to raise your first round of funding, whether it's 500K, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is you come to us, um, we work through your idea with our team of researchers, with our product experts, and we really start to shape what are the priorities that need to be solved with this problem. Um, we build out the technical specification, we'll design some key elements of the app, and then create this amazing video um, that looks like an advert, literally looks like a TV advert for your app that helps you go into market and go and raise money, essentially. Whoa. So. Wait, tell me, exactly. wait, wait, slow down. Let, let me make sure no one forgot that because that sounds really cool. Where do they go? So they go to either www.styliff.com or they right. can reach out uh, to me personally on my email, um, which I'll give you to put in the link under under the, um, under the episodes um, where, you know, we're happy to work through uh, what you need to, to get you in a position to raise. And then of course yeah. we can build it. Yeah, so that website, so Styliff is S-T-Y-L-I-F-F dot com. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of browsing the website right now of uh, some of the work that you've done, so. Yeah, so well, to give you a, type, a taste of the stuff that's on there, um, we're involved with um, all sorts of different companies from Lidl through to Dropless, which is the number one service provider for um, cars anywhere, anytime in London, uh, sort of on-demand services, which is a, a really interesting company. Um, and there's a, a bunch on there that you can check out if you visit the website and have a scroll down. It's a very visual website. Yeah, 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 certainly. Awesome. Well, uh, Charlie, any any kind of final words of advice for those who are kind of in the in in the business world? Uh, you know, you know, now we're kind of a you know mostly post COVID. Um, mm. well, at least we hope. Knock on wood. Um, yeah, fingers you know, crossed. So you know the disruptions that that came as a result of that. Um, yeah, just any other like general rules for life or living or business. Balance, man, if there's one thing that I've learned or trying to learn coming out of COVID is trying to re rebalance what it what it means to 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 live a life. You know, I think we all got a bit lost in our in our jobs and our work through this sort of Zoom life that we've been living, you know, 10, 12 calls a day. Um, and I think trying to recalibrate what it means to to function at a high level without committing every every ounce of yourself um, is a big deal. Um, but you know, the number one thing is, is don't be afraid to go for it. This is an action-based game. Mm. If you're thinking about getting involved in business, you know, you can talk about it forever. Um, the number one way you can make it happen is, is literally by starting, you know, and that might be a phone call with us, you know, and throwing some ideas around about, about your idea, um, or working with experts around your idea and understanding if this is something that's worth chucking, you know, your time and energy for, you know, um, what about you? What's been the what's been the number one takeaway from COVID? 
approach is, is, is that, listen, anytime there are disruptions to the anything, right? That, mm. Yes, there, there are going to be, you know, some things that are like, well, I guess we can't do that right now. I guess we can't do that anymore. Or I guess society's kind of moved on from that. But anytime there is a wrinkle, I mean, there, there's that presents opportunity. If you come from the frames or the mindset of, wait a minute, there's a problem here. And I don't see an immediate solution. I don't know if anyone else is rush, rushing to solve that problem, but I can solve that problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so showing up and saying, I can help. Here's how I can help. Um, you know, even if it's something as simple as, um, you know, serving pro bono or, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of those more service minded stuff, even if you're not, you know, not creating a groundbreaking technology or whatever, but just showing up. And if, yeah. and again, if your idea is that you want to help, then it's going to be easy to come up with, you know, it's like, you know, if, if you just wander into like a catastrophe, I'm sorry, this is not, this is your interview, not mine. <laughs> no, it's a conversation. It's, yeah, but it's interesting, right? So if you show up and let's just see something terrible happen, right? It's building exploded and there's blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not going to be that difficult to find a way to chip in, to, to help out, right? Even if it's just mm-hmm. something you know, as simple as giving water to somebody, you know, right? There's always going to be stuff to do. So that's, you know, it's like, if you approach the world and you approach the day that way, how can I help? I, that to me, mm-hmm. you know, is, is kind of, you know, what how I think COVID kind of illustrated that point. And, and I think that in tragedy or not tragedy, but to like any major disruption like that will absolutely expose or promote people and, and will yeah. reveal, it accelerates you know, where or who people are. So there you go. <laughs> Here's my interview. No, I love it. I love it. I've, yeah. Actually, it, it triggered something, uh, a bit of content Gary V put out ages ago. I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with Gary V. I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people popping in questions. And this guy popped in a question where he'd just come out with um, one of these hit um, Instagram songs, you know, where everybody's putting their TikToks and they have this same song that's looping over it. He was the guy that produced one of these songs, right? They just hit it. And it was on all of these videos that you end mm-hmm. up watching. And he was thinking, you know, now's my time to start really raking in the cash. And you know, I've made this hit TikTok thing. And, and now I want to, I want to hit it. And Gary V flipped it on his head. He's like, no, you have it all wrong. You know, this is now your moment of being high profile. The thing that you need to be doing is how can I help? You know, you need to be in a giving mode now. You know, this is the time when your ecosystem can explode. And the more you give in this moment in time, the more eventually it's going to come back to you and it's going to be nurturing you from all kinds of different perspectives, you know, financial being one of them. So I think, you know, as a founder, giving is a really big deal. Yeah. Um, Whether it's, you know, advice on something or, or whatever. And that's why I like to do uh it's like why i like to work with accelerators and work with companies on a more intimate level as an advisor as well um and you'd be surprised how much you learn by giving at the Mm -hmm. same time you know it it is a a self-fulfilling cycle um so yeah i I think that's a big one on on giving yeah fantastic all right so charlie regis uh you're based in london by the way right is that yeah is that correct okay cool london based Yeah. yeah All right. So, uh, Charlie, thank you so much again. Uh, Ammo Ventures, Peachtree Collective, uh, you know, again, serial entrepreneur, investor. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. No, I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.